Why do many people choose it as their favorite Bible story? What is the reason for its popularity? Well, perhaps the reason is that it's a miracle story. One of those who walks the Emmaus Road has risen miraculously from the dead that very morning. It is truly astonishing. But also, it's popular because it's a homecoming story. The two disciples have witnessed a disaster, the crucifixion of Jesus, their hero and their hope. And now they are trudging home. Home always offers some consolation after a catastrophe. And this story hints at a wonderful possibility. Perhaps the road to Emmaus passes your door and mine. Perhaps, like the two disciples, you and I may invite into our home the risen Lord of life and receive new hope as he breaks bread for us, as he breaks bread for the whole hurting world. Two sad disciples are dragging their feet along the six miles from Jerusalem to their home at Emmaus on the evening of the first Easter day. Who are they? One is called Cleopas, and the other surely is called Mrs. Cleopas. Despite what centuries of artists have painted, this is a married couple. Those of us who are married knows, know that instinctively. It's a married couple. Cleopas and his wife have witnessed the crucifixion and the pell-mell flight of the male disciples. They have absorbed the shocking truth that the movement started by Jesus is finished. Their hopes are dashed. Their whole world has collapsed. And then Jesus joins them on the road, but they do not recognize him. Why not? Why don't they know him? He's on their minds and on their lips. Given the guilt people feel at the failure of a project dear to their hearts, Jesus is on their conscience. They have not done enough. They have not prayed enough. They have not trusted enough. And now Jesus, their hero, their inspiration, their friend, has been cruelly done to death in an act of judicial murder. They should have done more for Jesus when they had the chance. And yet, obsessed as they are with Jesus, they do not identify him with the stranger who joins them on the road. Why? Luke tells us why. According to one version, something kept them from seeing who it was. At this point, you and I might jump in hastily with an explanation. We know what's going on here, or at least we think we do. They don't recognize the risen Lord because, like us most of the time, they don't believe that miracles happen. Everything must have a rational explanation, we insist. Everything can be explained according to the laws of the universe. Two plus two always make four. Never five, never three. Everything can be explained by mathematics or geometry or rational logic, head, knowledge. The art that enables us to see the glory in things, forget it. 
the poetry that enables us to sense the wonder in things, discount it. The music that touches our ears with angel songs, reject it. All these beauties can be disregarded as mere frills. As for the miracle stories in an old book of religion, you can toss all that into the dustbin. Such things are dreamlike and not to be embraced by practical men and women like us. Perhaps Cleopas and his wife do not recognize Jesus risen from the dead because they have no time for miracles, because they think miracles are strictly for the birds. Well, there may be something in this explanation of why Mr. and Mrs. Cleopas failed to recognize Jesus, but it cannot be the full explanation. The trouble with assuming that Cleopas and his wife would reject all miracles is that in those days people did believe in wonders and marvels and visitations by heavenly beings. The pagan religion which was dominant in the Roman Empire at that time, told and retold stories of how the gods and goddesses walked on earth among mortal men and women, and how the gods and goddesses got up to all kinds of immoral and disgraceful behavior among human beings. The truth is that in those far-off days, many people did believe that miracles can happen. So why does Luke say that something prevented them from recognizing the risen Jesus? What is going on here? Let's look closely at how Luke describes their lack of recognition. Actually, the gospel does not say literally, something kept them from seeing who it was. What it says is their eyes were kept from recognizing, recognizing him. Were kept from recognizing. This form of speech is known as passive voice. You know how it works. Active voice is felicity arranges the flowers. But we make it passive voice and say the flowers are arranged by felicity. Passive voice. Now, passive voice is a very important turn of phrase in the Gospels because it always refers to the activity of God always. And in the first three Gospels, passive voice is used no less than 106 times in the sayings of Jesus, and it always announces that God is at work. Jesus says, blessed are they that mourn, for they shall be comforted. That's passive voice, and it means that God will comfort them. Jesus said, even the very hairs of your head are numbered. That's passive voice. It means that God knows the number of hairs on your head. And when that man suffering from paralysis was lowered through a hole in the roof to Jesus' feet, Jesus says, my son, your sins are forgiven. That's passive voice. It means that God forgives his sins. Here on the Emmaus Road, Jesus appears to Cleopas and his wife, and their eyes were kept from recognizing him, that is passive voice, and it means that God kept them from recognizing him. So we ask, why? Why does God keep them from recognizing Jesus on the Emmaus Road? 
Most other appearances of the risen Lord have the disciples recognizing Jesus immediately and falling down to worship him. What is the divine purpose in Jesus joining the two disciples incognito? Well, look at what follows. It's a 10-kilometer walk. There will be time for conversation and for teaching. God delays their recognition of the risen one. God delays their belief in the resurrection. God delays their gift of Easter faith so that they may receive instruction on the Emmaus Road. Cleopas and his wife are tutored in the meaning of the passion and resurrection of the Christ, and along with them, you and I are tutored also. And so the lesson begins. Cleopas and Mrs. Cleopas tell the stranger how Jesus of Nazareth had been crucified three days earlier. They explain that Jesus was a prophet and that they hoped he would be the means of redeeming the whole people of God. They tell him that some women disciples had found Jesus' tomb empty that very morning, but that information in no way lightened the darkness in their hearts. And then the stranger begins his instruction. In the King James Bible, his words are like poetry. Oh, fools, and slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Ought not the Christ to have suffered these things and to enter into his glory? And then he launches into instruction, and what instruction it is. It has to be the greatest Bible study of all time, for it is conducted by the greatest Bible teacher of all time. The written word of God in Scripture is expounded by one who is in truth the living word of God, risen from the dead. What a feast of Bible teaching comes now. And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he expounded in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. What do you think? Would a 10-kilometer walk be long enough for all that Bible teaching? Luke doesn't tell us what scripture passage Jesus expounded on that walk, but we can make an educated guess. Surely he would have touched on the 22nd Psalm. Psalm 22, the assembly of the wicked have enclosed me. They pierced my hands and my feet. Surely he would have touched on the suffering servant in Isaiah chapter 53. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. And when it comes to expounding the resurrection, surely he would have quoted the 19th chapter of Job. The choir know this one. Job chapter 19, choir, Handel's Messiah, I know that my... Well done. Why does Christ prevent them from recognizing Jesus? Is it not the divine will that over time they may appreciate who it is who is addressing them? It's not just fine wines that need to mature over time. It's not just wheat seeds that take time to grow. It's not only musicians who need hours of practice 
in order to become competent. Disciples of Christ also need time to reach maturity. Spending time with his own, the risen one awakens our capacity to wonder. Spending time with his own, the risen one replaces our cold head knowledge with warm heart knowledge. Spending time with his own, the risen one teaches us to lift up our eyes from the mud in order to see the stars. Spending time with his own, the risen one teaches us that the resurrection is not a prompt problem to be solved. It is a mystery to be experienced, to be experienced with awe. Much later, Cleopas and his wife testified about the Bible walk to Emmaus. Did not our hearts burn within us, they said. Did not our heart burn within us while he walked with us on the way and while he opened to us the scriptures? At long last, they complete the 10 kilometers from Jerusalem to Emmaus. Once they arrive home, Mr. and Mrs. Cleopas invite the stranger into their house for a meal. At table, he breaks bread and blesses it and gives it to them. Luke tells us what happened next. Their eyes were opened and they knew him. Their eyes were opened is passive voice. And it means that God opened their eyes. And what happens next is a great surge of energy. The resurrection always creates a surge of energy. They're somehow enabled to hurry back the six miles to Jerusalem to share the joy of their experience with the other disciples. They are enabled there to be the church in embryo as Jesus appears again and breaks bread with them. They are enabled to be the caring church, receiving power for mission and service. They are enabled to be the compassionate church, reaching out to the poor and the marginalized. They are enabled to be the worshiping church, making sense of the world's sorrows and joys when on their knees before God. They are enabled, and now, following them, we are enabled. That is passive voice, and it means that God is at work among us through the power of his risen Son. And to him be glory and praise. Amen.